so this is the Things We Do podcast, our podcast about film, television, life, culture, arts, uh, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my uh, special guest, my friend Lucy Hatfield. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to uh, my apartment, which always feels like a very, it, it, it sounds always more glamorous. I really like it. Like I this guess. is the most homely place to have a podcast because everyone feels like they're super comfortable. So like, I know. Oh yeah, I'm doing this in someone's house. I know, and it's. I think this is like the one thing I actually think that COVID has done really well is kind of yeah. bring people out of their um, studios. Yeah, and totally. and to their homes. Homes. Like I did a rehearsal once at my house, and I was like, "This is so weird." Like my but job nice is, is being jumped to my house it's yeah. the best because everyone comes to you and you're like whoa i have to travel anywhere for this and i think it's also like um rehearsing your own space makes you feel like a kid again yeah like it's it literally is this weird uh perspective of you're like i'm five and oh, i'm not yeah. in someone else's space i am uncomfortable in whatever happens and especially here. in like acting in theater you get to literally be a kid and jump around and yeah you know where everything is more or less i kind of don't with my eyesight because i run <laughs> into everything but um you it, it gives you a lot more freedom i yeah. think than what a studio or a rehearsal space or a theater does yeah like i did a reading at the seymour center recently and i was like this is so weird like we're all sitting socially distanced looking at the same wall yeah. all saying different lines for a play and i was like this is super awkward and i don't know if i'm the only one feeling this but it's just weird and it, it's it, so to clarify for people you are an actor you're yes. a professional actor which you know we just glossed over a little bit the, the word <laughs> professional is because you've actually like you know been commissioned Basically, yeah. to you know, I think that's always weird because you know people aren't necessarily. But it's funny the moment you get paid, you're suddenly this professional. You or it's just somehow jump up a hierarchy. Yeah. and um, I didn't realize that was kind of how. But it you're went. yeah. But I think it's also what it, what's very interesting about you is you're also um like a a, a very you know serious um, <laughs> structured person for such a young person because you're yeah. you've just turned 20 i met you when you were 19 yeah for some for people who don't know lucy <laughs> i'm going to describe you as like the most serious person of who was 19 because <laughs> because when you talk to her it's it's cutthroat it's lovely but everything is cutthroat oh, and super it, honest and, and i think that's the best thing about you because yeah. you don't get 19 year olds who are like that they're very glossy they're yeah. very like sugar coating everything and there's a very sense of like if you do the wrong thing or you, you know, you aren't professional or you've like, you know, yeah. it depends on friends because sometimes we can relax in a little bit. Oh, yeah, but yeah. if you're not like trying to be professional, at least to a certain degree, yeah. don't, you don't have the time for them, yeah. which I think is gr like great to exactly. have someone. In. And I learned very quickly in the arts that if you're not serious, straight to the point, professional and quite cutthroat sometimes, more or less on the production side of things yeah. rather than an actor. Um, but if you're not, you know, on time, on schedule, if you're not diligent, don't do the work, you won't get the work. And yeah. I think that's why I was very fortunate to get the work younger. And I learned, I learned all those skills while I was in high school because I grew mm. up in, you know, three hours from Sydney. Everyone must know where the donut hole otherwise known as Nara. <laughs> Everywhere else is delicious and inside is Nara. I think for me, there was like certain things which were amazing. Like Nara has got lots of small business owners, lots of people starting new projects. It's very, yeah. a lot of the people who live there are very forward thinking. Yeah. Um, 
but my issue was with the arts and people's perception of it because for me I grew up doing piano for 13 years so classically trained um and so I did that from a really young age and that was all I was really good at or what I thought I was good at and I always had done some form of art and then in high school I was like, oh, my God, this magical thing called drama exists. What is this? <laughs> I get to pretend to be someone else. This is the best thing ever. And then my drama teacher was like, you're actually quite good at this. You know, this is a career. And it totally didn't didn't process in my head that movies, film, TV, theatre, and I've gone and seen theatre before, is people's jobs. Yeah. It, it just didn't it, click. I think it's the thing. And it's there was something that um, actor John Hurt said in an interview, he said that, um, you know, we're all playing. We're not, at, you know, that's why they call it play. Yeah. It's playing around, yeah. but we're paid to play. Yeah. And I think that's the best kind of like thing as an, as like an actor or kind of like that mentality of an actor yeah. is you are, you've got this play field. You've got everything oh, is in yeah. your head. So you've got to conjure up everything yeah, and, and it make it reality. Super like the rehearsal process, especially for theater seems super serious, mm. super serious. Got to know all your lines. If you're a lead, you've got a hell of a lot of lines and it's super serious. But the last thing the director says to you before you go out is have fun. Yeah. That's the very last thing. And if you go on stage, you're not having fun. Why are you on stage? I know. You've got to enjoy your job. And this is like the thing I hate most about people in the arts is they it's super serious all the time. All the time. You've always got to be somewhere, do something. It's super organized. I'm totally like that. But yeah. I always, I love what I do. It's so fun. And I'm. I love getting to jump into different people's shoes and tell other people's stories. And for me, that's just so exciting. Like every time I talk about it, I get really, really excited because I get to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think, I, I think that's like kind of also why I like the other side of it as well. You get this whole, you know, it's this whole creative side. And mm. I think when you get it, you get it. Like it's always about yeah. the art. And yeah. I think some people don't quite understand what, you know, there's like that blurred line of art. Yeah. And I think people think that we're kind of like lunatics running around. Yeah. Um, but there's so much, uh, you know, when you set up, you know, I, I mostly do film. So, mm. you know, the the thing I love about film is I'm kind of putting this jigsaw together. So yeah. every scene is kind of like this weird little puzzle that you yeah. have to chuck together. Even with photo shoots, you're kind of also telling a story. You're telling a story with a model or an actor. Yeah. So you've got to kind of like conjure up in your head what that story is yeah and and it's you know like the thing about um arts is always like the safe space and you know not every artist you know has that ability to create the safe space but i think when you do or you have this kind of trust yeah it's the most awesome experience like it's just everything is just fantastic yeah like i helped out an audition the other day um for a while i'm being i'm playing lead in and we were auditioning someone else to play and he got the part, but I said to him, I said, the biggest thing about being in this production is that it is very intimate theater. And I don't mean you have to be intimate with your cast. I mean that you have to really want to get to know them. You've yeah. got to get to know the people, why they're playing who they are, why they are doing acting, why they want to be on stage, what's their passion. Because if you don't have that understanding and connection between the people you're on stage with, then you actually can't see that as an audience, this connection that people yeah. have. And that's such a big thing in the arts is if we don't connect, then why are we all doing it? Like, yeah, I think it's such, it's all, it's a whole, who you know industry for yeah. a lot of it. And for a lot of it on stage and on film, you really want people to get to know each other because, you know, intimacy 
whether it's, you know, platonic friendships, relationships, mm. you can read it and you can read it with people. Yeah. So I think it's such a big thing on stage and on film to actually have that connection off I, screen. Yeah, and I think, th- I think that's something that, you know, like in terms of not just like when you when you have friends or you have people that you trust mm. in terms of whatever capacity they do yeah you know it's sort of like the thing we we talk about um is like the team building yeah you have you know you have people you rely on so you yeah. always know they're going to do a product that will be good in your image or be good for th- both of you like it's yeah. a it's a joint effort oh yeah and i think um you know it's always that very I agree with you. It's like that whole get to know each other, get to become either friends or, you know, good acquaintances, but, you know, just really try. And I think a lot of young people get scared by that because they want to have this work separation Yeah. where it's like, I don't want to know anyone at work. I want to know all my friends, you know, like, because not every actor is an extrovert. Not every filmmaker is an extrovert. So a lot of them, but I think a lot of us are anxious, like a lot of us are stressed people. Yeah. So we want to kind of like... And that's like, you know, in... I think the biggest example for me was in high school is everything seems to be this massive competition and mm. you're in a performance together. Like, why are we competing with people that we need to be more or less on our side to do well? Yeah. And that was such a big deal in high school was I just wanted everyone to get along and to not be competing against each other because... As a school, we're competing against everyone yeah. else's schools. So, like, um, just the whole perception that some people have in the industry. I'm like, why can't we just share? Yeah, why can't we just be nice to each other? I think I think that's very true. And I think, um, like, it's not just about being nice. It's just about, I guess, just being understanding. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a huge, like... This is, I think, not just... This is a society issue yeah. rather than a yeah, yeah, arts yeah. in general. But it, it's a very much like an understanding. If if someone is... You know, the arts, I think, is great because you meet a lot of different people from yeah. a lot of different sides yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah, And a lot of people come with their own, like, you know, little bits about them that are always quite extravagantly different, whether, you know, um, whether it's sexuality, race, you know, um, yeah. like identity, everything. You always come with something new. And I think yeah. how their outlooks on life are different. Yeah. And I think it's always very interesting when I love getting, like this is one of the reasons I did this podcast, to hear a bunch of different opinions yeah. about, like it, I think the thing is everyone thinks that I'm going to interview just liberal friendly people. I probably won't. I was probably one day interview someone who's a massive Trump supporter and ask them many questions to why. But that's, uh, you know, it's, that's but it's a why perspective. we're here, right? It's a perspective. And I don't think that, I think that our society also needs to stop with the hate. It's yes. a very big thing of, um, yes, I think that, you know, the problem stems from a lot of, bigotry and you know mm-hmm. you know all this kind of yeah. like um idiots out in the world who just have no understanding of like how things work they just refuse to understand and i yeah. think it's not just the people who don't believe in science i mm. think it's actually people even who believe in science but don't want to believe in something else yeah. everyone has this thing where they go i don't understand that so i'm not going to bother with it i'm like why yeah would you just understand each other and then we are going to have a much more peaceful society yeah then if we kind of you know i don't think it's that quite simple or i'm not like, saying you know, like yeah we just yell at each other about our perspectives on you yeah know, ish- massive issues in society instead of yelling at each other about it either talk about it or don't like if you don't really have anything that is so so like pressing in your mind but if it's gonna offend someone just don't say it like it's just you know if you don't have something to nice don't say it at all it's a very simple expression being used my whole life and it's a very good one because i think you know it's it's so wrong of us to go 
I disagree with you because la, 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 without yeah. actually knowing where they come from and their background. Yeah. And there's so many, like, different factors oh, in, yeah. about people that, you know, make us who we are and our views what they are. Mm. And I think that's something that a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people don't take into consideration. I think that's very true. And I think, was that something that you discovered growing up in, like, your country town of, like, particularly the kind of, you know, because you're you're very different to someone who comes from the country. Yeah. I think your outlook is very, you know, unique. But th- that wouldn't have necessarily, if people think that you lived and grew up in the country, you would be a little yeah. bit more. I think I was told I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things in school. Yeah. So, oh, not even in school, in a lot of my life. Like, um, I was told by teachers that I set my goals too high and that I should lower them. And, to, and I basically refused to do that i hated people telling me i couldn't do something i Mm. really hated it and so when i was told i couldn't do drama art and music which on top of i was doing chemistry advanced english and religion to unit and they were like one you're doing chem without maths and i was like i'll be fine trust me and then they're like and you're doing great major works i was like that is what i love please let me do what i love and so they're like whatever if you fail that's on you. And I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, let me prove you all wrong. And ended up doing well in chemistry, but I dropped it because yeah. it just wasn't what I was passionate about anymore. And then finished drama and music. And I had a teacher come up to me and go, I have to apologize. We all doubted you. Literally, all we all doubted you. And wow. you proved us wrong. And for me, there were some really big supporters through growing up. Like my parents had took a little bit of convincing to get them on my career path. But I performed and they saw. They're yeah. like, we believe you. We think you can do this. And then like my drama teacher, amazing. Reason why I stayed at the school I didn't, didn't transfer to a performing arts school, yeah. which probably would have been better for what I do as a musician and an yeah. actor and whatnot. And I also danced for a long time. So it was made, would have made a lot more sense, but also a lot of travel time coming from, you know, Nara. Yeah. And so... I think I just had a lot of pushback. Yeah. And also I was bullied as a kid. So every time someone was like, you can't do this, you can't do that. I was like, well, no, like yeah. it's my turn to stand up and say for me what I want to do and really prove to people what I can do. And yeah, I think I get that from my childhood experience and parents that are very driven and have their own businesses and growing up where I did, there was a lot of barriers, but. That just made me more excited to like push and push and push and I, see where I could go. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very interesting because like um, you've always kind of come across as someone who's like just mm. never, never let the bullies kind of like stop you. Yeah. Which I think a, a lot of artists do, mm. which I think is like a tragic kind of like comes down to your own mm. mental you know, health and yeah. stuff like that. But um, how did the, how did your like mental health and everything like take you know yeah. when you kind of like ran away from all that? Yeah. I guess in a way, I for me the biggest step in my life was I finished high school. I was freshly eighteen, and I moved. I went overseas for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, did some volunteering in Costa Rica, which was awesome. Ooh. Um, did the whole save the turtles thing ah. <laughs> for a couple of weeks. And then move straight to Sydney, yep. straight to Darlinghurst, which is such an eye-opening place to live coming from where I did. And for me, that was the biggest foot in the door because I had no one to tell me I couldn't do anything. 
you know, the perception of in Sydney you tell people you're an actor and they're like, oh my God, that's so exciting. I know this person that could maybe help you. Whereas you tell someone you're an actor at home and they're like, oh, good luck. We'll see you in five years. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not coming back. But it, nice that you think I'll visit that. my family, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, and like, you're stopping now. Yeah, like uh, Sydney for me was such a big opportunity. And I was also very lucky. I traveled when I grew up. So I knew the world was bigger than my hometown. Yeah. And my parents were very, I'm so, so fortunate that I had my parents that understood and appreciated travel, especially coming, living in a smaller town. Yeah. And how that develops a child, I guess, is an understanding and awareness of the world and culture. And I traveled a lot of Asia, which is a very different oh. culture to um, Australian. Yes. And a lot of different people and so lucky and some of the nicest people in the world. I know. And so I think that's where I learned to really understand people was by traveling because you don't talk the same language. You don't know what you're eating half the time, but everyone is so polite and so nice about it. All you can do is really say thank you for feeding me. You, you don't have to do that. And then you actually discover it's really good and you want to do it again and you keep doing it. And this is why I'm, I feel very fortunate that I'm in acting because I hope it takes me around the world and meet. I want to meet every type of person there is to me. <laughs> it's, and I think that's like the, probably the most positive kind of thing to take out of mm. um, you know, the whole arts community. It, it is very, it, it's very true because, you know, I think with with the uh, you know like i went to japan and mm -hmm. it was very much like that I when love, i, I did, love japan japan is amazing it's yeah. just beautiful all around but the people i mean the first time i was there um my partner at the time and i mm. had uh we basically arrived at this floral kind of like flower festival oh, yeah. and had no idea of what anything was we had probably like the second day we'd arrived yeah and this lovely old couple just helped us pay for our tickets to get in and just was like, oh, you know, could not speak a word of English. Yeah. And they were just like pointed at the map and they were trying to sort of be like, go here yeah. and then go here. And I was just like, this is the nicest experience for people just to yeah. genuinely be like, I don't mind helping you. Yeah. And they don't have to do it. They're taking mm. time out of their day, especially in a society where everything is moving so yeah, quickly. For someone to stop and actually help you when you're in a foreign country, you're like, this is so nice. And I, th I think it's the complete opposite of here where, where you know, mm. like, I, th I think there might be a bit of biggest, not bitter criticism, but biggest criticism of Sydney mm. and also of Australia in general is when, you know, we are trained at a young age, especially when you grow up in a city, mm. that if a tourist comes up to you, you kind of just give them a real quick information and then go. Yeah, because right. it's not It's not like... It's not to be impolite, but yeah. because everything moves so quickly, the Australian culture is not to be as civil. Yeah. It's very much just, oh, it's over there. Like, don't worry about it. But there's no, like, oh, do you need, like, five minutes of my time? Sure, no worries. Yeah. And I think that's a real culture thing. And everyone says it's Sydney-related. I actually think it's just Australia worldwide. Yeah. I think it depends on the city scope. I think where I grew up is right next to um, Huskisson or Jervis Bay. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, some yeah, tourists yeah. called Jarvis Babe. Um, Jarvis Bay. Jarvis Bay. Um, but because we grew up to such a tourist town, and Barry was on the other side oh, of, yes, of yes, now. Yes, so yeah, Barry, yeah. Jarvis Bay, either side of where I grew up. That would have um, been an interesting combo. Such a touristy place to live in yeah. in Australia, um, especially now. More than ever has home been so hectic because mm. no one can go anywhere. Um, <laughs> and I think because we grew up in a tourist spot, we kind of just – 
understood that that was the culture and that we should yeah. help out when we can. Um, we also didn't have anywhere. I never felt rushed like I do in Sydney. In Sydney, I feel like I'm going a thousand miles an hour. And if I have a day off, I'm going crazy. Yeah. Whereas if I have a day off at home, I'm like, hmm, guess I have another day off tomorrow because there's nothing to do. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so different. And so when you meet someone that's a tourist where I grew up, you're kind of like, oh, where are you from? Like, tell me about like where you're going. Do you want to know any spots? But I know that's very much like where I grew up just because it's like a, a tourist spot and yeah. tourist destination. And well, my dad's in real estate. Oh. So um, for me, like growing up, like I grew up going to like, his auctions and like. Okay. So and, you like, would have like. Yeah. And I met a lot of people through my dad. Um, and a lot of very interesting people and people buying houses. And so I feel like I was always inclined to be like really curious and ask where people were from and help them out. But I think that's just how I grew up, which is yeah. not very common. No, it, it's, I want to describe your personality. It's very yeah. like, you know, bubbly, but also like, I think, I think what comes across is like, you know, not, uh, not just the, like the, the strict nature. It is somebody who is very eager yeah. and very interested in everyone. And I think that's a very unique and good thing to have because yeah. it means you're excited, but you know, you haven't, I think a lot of people, in, especially in the arts get quite jaded and very quickly. Yeah. I think the fact that you have just gone, everything's very exciting, but you're also kind of like just intrigued by everyone and the skill set of everyone and different things. Yeah. So it's a very like knowing, you know, that's half of the thing I love about the arts as well. It's like Yeah, and I think, you know, growing up where I did, you only meet a certain type of mm. people, tourists or locals. And if you're a local, everyone knows everyone. Literally. Yeah, every I can't go home without running into about five people. And you're like, oh hi. Hi, like this is happening all the time, but it's nice. But when you're in Sydney, you kind of just meet every kind of person there is. And yeah. it's so exciting. And as an actor, I'm like, give me more, give me more, give me more. Because this is all like content and it's inspiring and it's more characters and it's a story. And yeah. it's someone's story and it's many people's stories that you kind of just want to put out there and for me to a lot of people I grew up around I'm like look at this person that I met like I'll perform it for you like I saw like you know and it's so exciting to I kind of witness yeah Sydney life compared to country yeah. life I call it country life but technically only regional but no. it, it feels country compared to <laughs> it, Sydney it's quite funny as well because um my mum grew up in Kutamandra so mm -hmm. that you know and I remember going before my uh, grand passed away I used to go out there a fair amount. Yeah. So it was like this, you know, barely, you know, mom knew the neighbors. She was like close family friends with you know, a whole yeah. bunch of people. And um, I think it was very awesome to go there so often. So I always felt like much more of a country kid because everyone kind of yeah. knew each other. Yeah, so I exactly. I liked that family vibe where everyone was, you know, the police knew who they were. Like yeah, everyone yeah. knew. And it was sort of this really nice small vibe. And versus like people who only ever had family in the city yeah so it was like you're interconnected with people yeah. in the city there is like i was actually even talking to one of my friends today i think what i love about living here 
we, uh, we, I'm based in Annandale, but I, I think it's one of those suburbs that feels a little bit like a village. Like it feels mm. a little bit like it's a home. That's what I got like walking past. Yeah, I was every, like, this is really like homey. Yeah. It's a country kind of homey vibe. Yeah. And versus like people who live in high rises and I could not live yeah. in a high rise. That's like where I work in Glebe is all of my regulars remind me of people at home because they've just got that really chill yeah. vibe. Whereas in the city, like, Going like even going to the gym in Kings Cross in Darlinghurst, it feels so hectic because everyone's going a thousand miles an hour and yeah. it's just so kind of full on, which I love because it means I'm always occupied and I hate to be sitting still. But going home and visiting home is so relaxing now, whereas before it felt like a drag. Yeah, um, but I think it's 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 because when you you know you you know when you're used to that high intensity and you like that high intensity yeah. it's fun i feel like it's nice in small doses yes like i work in the city i work in martin place so you know that that is always on yeah it's constantly your brain is going yeah. like i've got to interact with a hundred people mm. and i've got to deal with everything and the moment i come home i'm like the last person i want to interact with is like anyone other than my partner and just be like okay i'm gonna watch tv i'm gonna just like switch my brain off i'm dead yeah like that that is it and i think that's just you know like the way um, you know, no, you know, it's introverted nature a little bit. I became, I used to be a very extroverted kid, and now I'm much more of an introvert. The older I get, yeah, I think that's just because I learnt. The older I got, the more you know. It was something my mom said as well, mm. which is like because of her growing up. She said you always have close friends, like immediate family, yeah. and people you really enjoy working with or yeah. like enjoying. But you will never have this extended. Like we are not like the the people who have a thousand people. No, here. and I think that's a very different to a lot of people who grew up in the city yeah. and have this, I have to know everyone. And like, yeah. and I'm just like, I want to know a lot of people, but I don't want to be as close to a lot of people. Like, it's, I, it's, I think it's so full on. Like, I think about how I struggle to talk to my family, let alone friends, because I'm so busy all the time and because I feel like I have to be busy because of where I live. I don't think I could manage much more people in my life because I'd be so stressed out because I, I genuinely care so much about the people I invest my time in and my yeah. friends and my family. So I get really upset when I can't talk to them because I'm so busy. And, like, you know, if I get messages from my friends and I'm doing two shifts in one day, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm genuinely so sorry, but I'm busy. Yeah. And it kills me that I can't. Talk to them, so I, I don't think I could handle no, and it, having a really big group because it sounds so full on. I think it's also like um, th- th- that was also quite something I quickly picked up from you. It was just always like I, I sent you a message, I think one day to ask you about like a film we're doing, and you just like I think responded a day later with sorry I couldn't get back to you sooner. I was like it's okay, it's like only a day's pass. Yeah, like I I'm feel so bad. I hate to see messages sit. Because it's just not me. Like yeah. if I if I send a message to someone and they don't answer me in like a day, I'm like, what has happened? Have I done something? Like I feel oh, really I bad. Like <laughs> did I offend them? I don't know. It's it's so funny as well. Like it's it's just interesting because there's a lot of it. Like we are both workaholics as well. Mm. There is <laughs> there is a clear indication that you and I are massive workaholics because we create work when we don't have work. Yeah, which I. Is I wouldn't say that's unhealthy, but it can be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it can definitely be unhealthy. Um, but I mean, like, also what I really think that works quite well for people like us mm. is we create we create things that we like, 
And that is a very different thing to people relying on, you know, it's like we were talking about COVID and stuff. Yeah. You're relying on other people to give you content. I think the thing that we we very much like is like, okay, well, we're not doing something, so we may as well do something, create content. And it's not necessarily – I think that people need to stop thinking about content for other people. They've got to think about content they would want to watch. Yeah. It's always about what you want. Yeah. And I think that's going to drive you a lot harder and a lot faster. Oh, yeah. Um, And and usually there's always someone that wants to want what you want. Yeah, I know. You know, I've met a lot of people. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this project. And they're like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, Really? Like, I was kind of doing this just because I thought it would be a cool idea. (laughs) And I didn't really think of anyone else actively going to, like, watch it. Um, But, yeah, it's been super weird to be like, oh, I think that's a really cool idea. I'd like to get on board with that. And that's what I found with um, a film that I'm doing is everyone actually wants to get on board. Yeah. Which is sounds- so surprising. Well, I think it was also when you reached out to me because we were we were talking about working with each other anyway, but it was sort of like um, we got chatting about it and then you, I was just like, oh, I can do these things. And you were like, okay, sure. Like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. Yeah. But I remember at the back of my head, I was like, I haven't done this in so long because I love like I, normally I started as a film editor. So anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's generally you sit and um, cut all the brushes yep. and cut all the sequences together and create the final product. But a lot of a lot of um, what I said to Lucy very early on was like a lot of the thing will be will probably butt heads only a little bit, but it will always be from like a point of you know passion and um, yeah. love for the project and. That is always the case when you're an editor. There's something about the way you think of a sequence that doesn't match uh, essentially what the director or the lead mm. actor or whatever wants. Yeah. It's never going to match what anyone sees yeah. in the head. It's just impossible. So after you do that, it's kind of like when you get to the final product, everyone's actually really happy with it, but there's always that midpoint where everyone mm. almost hates each other because it's not the product they thought yeah, it would be. Yeah, but that's what the process is. Like I've even found that with acting. Like I will go into rehearsal with something in my head and the director's like, what is that? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? I took so much time to get this right. Yeah. And you've just completely thrown it away. And I think I've learned to do that very quickly with what I do walk into rehearsal, have done what you're supposed to do, but know that it could get thrown out the door yeah. any second and know your lines because you're going to be in this shit if you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because so- that's so often where actors, just directors kind of just go, nope, try this. I think the best ever thing I learned very early on was when you were directing any actor – Sometimes it's best to give them a little bit of direction, mm-hmm. watch them. Fi- you know, they used to say film the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. But film, definitely when you get the first take, that might actually be your best take. Yeah, don't, totally. Because when by the time you get to the fifth take, everyone's a little bit tired because they've done the same scene quite a few yeah. times. And I think the one thing I started, like, testing out people doing voice work and stuff, and I think it's always quite funny, was when people go, oh, I didn't like how I said it, or do it again, and you put it all together, and they actually really enjoy it. Because they, yeah. they when everything is in separate parts, or when everything isn't together, everyone gets really paranoid about their performance because they don't think it sells and everything. Yeah. They have to see it as a fool yeah. to get it. And it's really because when, when you're, like, you know, I think, and most actors kind of like, because they're not technically understanding of um, mm. how that works when they see the final product they're actually a lot happier with it than when yeah. they go through the stages and i feel stages. like that's why i find film and tv so much harder to do than theater yeah because theater it's all in my control whether i say the line or i don't 
whether I perform it the way or I don't, the director can direct you in all your rehearsals. But once you get on stage, no one can talk to you. No one can tell you what to do. And you're kind of like, okay, let's have fun. Let's remember all everything I did. Yeah. But more or less the director I work with, he's kind of like, go with your gut Yeah. on stage. If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Yeah. Your gut instinct on stage is so important. And because you've been told before you're on stage to have fun, you remember yeah. why you're there. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. And it brings this energy to the performance. Like, I can get, I can have work a 10-hour day. Mm. And then go on stage and have the most energy I've had all day. Yeah. Because I've been told to have fun and I remember the whole reason why I'm performing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a big part of the process. I think that's great though. Like yeah. it's, it, I think it, it, it's the same with film and I think it's, it's not necessarily out of your control because I wouldn't say like anything's out of your control mm. or anything like that, but you are, once it's recorded, it is essentially what is captured. Yeah. You know, with theatre, as you're saying, it is like, it's something that Judy Dench also said, she hates film. Yeah. Um, she would rather n- never do it. Yeah. But she's only done it because it's also a career path. It's like, she did. Well, but that's she would, where a lot of the money is. Yeah. Which is sad, but that's it's the true. fact. But whenever she does theatre, she loves it because it, mm. she doesn't have to watch herself. Yeah. And she does it and it's done and you you know like that mentality so it, yeah i get where you're coming from and i think also what i love about theater and film mm. is I'm, I'm you know when i did acting i wanted to be a film actor yeah so that was like my entire mentality and i actually yeah, really right. like film acting because it meant i could do the mistakes but they also captured yeah like it's i love that whole idea of you break character a little bit or something happens and you didn't quite expect yeah and then you caught it on camera and then you're like oh that was great let's keep that in yeah there's something about capturing everyone's unique little well, lenses. Well, yeah, I think that's what happened with me was everyone was like, you're such an expressive person. Yes. Like, they're like, your eyebrows move more than most people talk. Like, Yes. And for me, I never really got that because I was always performing on stage. And so you're always so far away from an audience and you're kind of doing these big, really big gestures. But for the first time when I was on camera, I was like, I can see for the first time these little quirks that everyone says I have. That I've never understood. And everyone's like, you're really expressive and watch it. You can actually watch it now for the first time. And I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. Like I can change my acting style depending on what I'm doing, which was so fun because it opened up to like, it, like opened up a parallel world, which was one was like massive and dramatic and very theatrical where the other one was very subtle and gentle. Yeah. And, a lot more nuanced and that for me was like whoa i think it's also very interesting because you know we it's yeah there's something about like um when you want to direct people you Mm. you know you have this director brain on Mm. and it's the same when you like you know when we produce stuff you kind of look at every actor and it must have happened to you as well because it can't be that i like surprising when people said you could do this other thing because you must see that all the time with actors oh yeah like i i think for me the first person that i saw was hugo weaving i saw him perform in theater and i was like oh my god he is a genius Mm. watch him on films fantastic you watch him in theater i'm like this is so much for me where the art is in acting is what a person can pull off on stage whether i believe you on stage because you're literally seeing it in front of your eyes and so you've got to believe their whole body and the whole time and when I saw him performing on stage and he was so convincing, 
I was like, he did both. Yeah. And is very good at both and loves both. And so why do I have to be defined by one form of acting? Why not do both? And really let my body kind of have a go at both because it's such a different, it requires very different things from you. Um, in terms of acting and technique. Yeah. Um, and the people that you work with. Like um, in in theatre, it's often quite a small team because it's only the actors and a director. Yeah. Whereas when I've been producing films, I've also been the lead actor and um, I'm producing and I'm meeting this massive cast of crew, which is more than the cast in the film. And I'm like, this is Welcome to so film. weird. <laughs> I've got... Three people in a cast and like 12 people watching. Yeah. And all have got equipment. And it's such a different world. And it's awesome. Yeah. Because you really get to understand why everyone's there. And it's a lot more um, like the actors really get to know the camera a bit mm. more when they know the person behind it. And whereas when you're on theater, sometimes they just switch on a camcorder and you perform to yeah, this little and screen. Do, and you don't quite know that it's it's there or, you know, like, hmm. it, yeah, it's interesting. It, I mean, also, though, this is this is my question because I love voice now. Yeah. Um, is, is voice acting something you would consider as well? Oh, yeah. I My acting coach is actually, she does a lot of voice work. And for me, I have this argument with my partner all the time. I find it really hard to watch animated things. Really, ah. really hard. Because I just want to see a person, like a real person. And it's so hard for me to really go, no, someone is there. They've just got, you know, an artwork over the top of them Mm. or whatnot. But I've really come to understand through my training how much effort goes into voice acting and how fun it actually can be because you're really thinking about something specific in the work that you do. Yeah. And I've come to appreciate more people that do voice acting because, you know, there's no prejudice behind who's the voice actor. If it's a woman playing a man, if it's, a you know, a young person playing someone who's really old, you actually don't know. Yeah. And it gets rid of so many stereotypes of the industry, you know, Biggest, one of the biggest things in the industry is how you look. You've got yeah. to look like you belong on film or TV, yeah. which I hate. I hate it so much. But it's the reality. And that is apparently part of the job. But on voiceover work, anyone can do it. Literally anyone. Yeah. And that to me is very comforting to know that there's a side of the industry that is super open and super welcoming to every type of person there is. And yeah, one person could do many roles at the yeah. one time. I I think it's so good because it's also like um you know the way we record everything and mm. stuff like that. Um, you I think some of the best uh movies or TV shows mm. or anything like that they they got Alan Rickman to voice a computer in Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy, and he you know he had his voice automated like a little bit and yeah. fluctuated and everything but you would you you'd think why doesn't he why where's alan rickman but yeah. he was he was there he's just a voice yeah and i think that's so that's such a cool whether it's a live action film or anything like mm. that i think some of the best 
like um, comedic acts or sometimes even the best characters tend to be computers or yeah. robots or just a voice because there's something like, you know, the 21 spa- um, 2001 Space Odyssey was how you had Moon, which um, starred Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey and Kevin Spacey played a computer the entirety and it's just the interactions yeah. between an inanimate object and a person is sometimes the most interesting thing because it's sort of this whole yeah. weird... Um, almost human level, but almost not. And yeah, it's something very of, absurd. Yeah. And I wanted to play on it where I, I literally want to write a play which personifies a wall. Oh, my. I'm there. And I want the wall to actually move and talk. And uh, for me, my I love absurdist plays. Like, love, love, I'm obsessed. You know, waiting for Godot type. Yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Because it's the most... For me, it relates most to who we are at our deepest roots as people. Mm. Who who are we really? We are all people mm. at the end of the day. And whether we personify things or not, we are all trying to understand people, but we need to really understand who we are at roots. Yeah. And we're not different. We're all the same. You know, we're all somehow on here on this one planet and a lot of absurd plays really touch on what makes us who we are. And yeah. I love that idea because it gets down to our most basic fundamental workings of the universe. And I, when we personify things, it really showcases more than ever uh, human features. Yeah. Um, which we find hard to sometimes relate to in people because there's so many layers on top of people and personality and everything yeah. that comes in between. When when you personify an object, there's no prejudice there. It's mm. just an object that then can have feelings. I think And what do you say to those feelings? That's true. I mean, it's very philosophical. It's certainly something I admire about you, um, in terms of like having that drive and everything. Mm. Is you're also a very good judge of character. Mm. Which it, you know, like probably comes from being a, you know, moving to a big city and everything. Yeah. But I think it's also like you know, the fact that we talked about cutthroat and everything, you are so sufficient at knowing who's who's good, what they'll do, mm. and also, but also bringing a team together that, you know, is fun, that is all on yeah. the same page. And yeah. I think that's very unique to have because I know so many people who can't do that. They yeah. just go, they can't bring a team together or, you know, everything like this. And then they're always a bit surprised when people can, like they just don't know why everyone gets mm. along and it's such this nice atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when I I sort of assembled a team together for the next production I'm doing, um, I was kind of like, okay, who do I know is passionate? Because that's the biggest thing about this film is passion because it's a film on the bushfires 2019, yeah. 2020, um, which really affected me, my family, more or less than me. Um, and my partner's family. Because yeah. he's from the Central Coast, I'm from the South Coast. Um, and it really affected the areas I grew up, my grandparents. Um, and it was something that I really wanted to do something about because I couldn't at the time. Because yeah. I was stuck in Sydney and the best thing for me to do and for my family was to stay in Sydney. It's the safest thing. And I think for me, doing this film is kind of my way to be there for people post it happening and so I was like okay I need people with passion and for me I really love to get to know people's feelings it sounds super weird 
but when I really understand what people are feeling and when, I feel like I can get to know a person easier. So I was like, cool, who has passion? And then, cool, who logistically can actually do the roles that I want them to do? And who do I like working with? And I've been very fortunate to meet people that want to stay affiliated with me on some regard. And a lot of the people that are on board only know me as an actor. So, like, this is kind of scary because you're on board as a producer and an actor, which is a lot. But they all trust in me because of how I work as an actor that, you know what, Lucy's organized. She's really organized. So, you know what, let's give it a go because she's giving you a chance on us. So, we're going to give a chance on her. This is a very new experience for all of us. And, um, you know, I've never worked with you on set before, but I'm sure it will be fine because I put that faith in you and I'm sure you are putting that faith in me. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's also like the, the thing is I come on set as a uh, sort of a data wrangler as well. And mm. for me, it's also when you're a film editor and you work mostly in post, it's good to kind of get a sense of what the director wants and I recommend this for any person who does film and it's really good because you go on set, you see how the scene folds out, but you also see at what moments you get to cherry pick. So you mm. go, okay, well, that's a good take. That's a good take. And you're kind of extrapolating everything in your head yeah. to be like, okay, well, the sequence is going to fall like this and I know the pacing. And I think also one thing that I'm very quiet when I'm like, it's different when you're like producing yeah. or directing because you're very loud then. But when I'm, when I'm, editing i'm tend to be the quietest one because i just kind of read the script i have a sit back and then i just watch what everyone else does and i look at everything and i look at the footage and i just kind of calmly sit to myself make some notes and everyone just kind of like doesn't know what entirely they just look at me like i'm a strange little creature that sits in the corner and does work but and it's not because you're trying to be antisocial it's just because you're thinking about everything that has to happen later yeah and you're doing your job yeah and for me the biggest part of this project is collaborating yeah because this project can't happen without collaboration because the way that the bushfires were dealt with and overcome was with people collaborating and helping each other out and the best projects for me happen when everyone is involved in as much as they can be and so I want the costume designer to talk to the actors and yeah. the editor to come along to rehearsals and to talk to actors. And also for as an editor, for you to meet the direct the writer, sorry. Yeah, the writer. To talk the- to the writer and the people actually involved in the real happenings of this story. Yeah. You know, because that's super important, especially something that's based on something that happened. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you could talk to people that actually lived through it, you know, like my grandparents and people that were trapped in it. Um, It's such a big part of the whole collaborative process and of really doing, you know, justice to something that is still very relevant, but we've all forgotten about, like we do, because it's a really fast-paced society and a lot of big things happened last year. Yeah, it was was a lot. We had had about three months where it was just stuff, 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 and then it was just the same thing for quite a number of months but there was just like in between things and then we had the u.s election so it was just a lot of things in the world kind of ticked along yeah so i do think what i like about this story is also just how you know it's very personal but it also it affected so many people yeah and i think that's what's so interesting about mm. this story so it's a very personal story but it's a big story as well in mm. a global sense um for australia so yeah. it's it's very important and i think I agree with you. Like being on set and meeting actors and everything. Mm. But I think what, like I said to my um, friend um, then, 
she's a writer and we both just agreed that when you're the writer of a film, you're kind of like the film editor's best friend because the two of you probably understand the story at, with the director and the producer yeah. as the best. Yeah. The four of the, the four of you as a team yeah. understand the story better than even the cast do because oh, you yeah. have the whole sense of what's going on, the narrative arc, yeah. everything in terms of beat. And you might all have different ideas of mm. how that execute will happen. Yeah. But when you all see the final thing, it's like everyone's had their little piece of the puzzle mm. and they've said, oh, I like that bit and I like that bit. And then you kind of watch that and yeah. then you're just refining. And I think that's like why films and theatre is so important in society today more than it you know, has ever been. It's because it actually makes us all stop. Yeah. It makes us stop. And with this, it makes us stop and go, oh, my gosh, this happened very recently yeah and we've a lot of people have forgotten about it and it it makes us stop and really process what happened and really remember the world and how it all turns and that's why i love to be involved in something that makes people pause yeah just like grab their attention for an hour or two and really show them something and that's what's super important about anything that i do is it really has to have meaning because if it doesn't have meaning, why are we taking two hours out of someone's life? I know, right? Because I hate when people just waste my time. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so true. I think I only ever had one horror story, literally, when I was on set. And it wasn't even something I really could control. It was one time I was directing. I felt so bad all the all the cast and stuff mm. we'd been there since like i'd been up since five in the morning so i'd been there since on set since 7 a.m and it was mostly down to a, a friend of a friend and um and that one person just uh not i think in my mind doing their job perfectly or correctly yeah. and they were just delaying everything not not through like they were just going oh this could be like this and i, and I ended up getting to the point where it's like i've stopped caring mm. what you think just shoot the bloody thing. Like, just yeah. film it. Because yeah. at this point, I've stopped caring. And that's, I never thought I got to that, st- I'd get to that stage. Mm. But it was just because we'd wasted so much time yeah. that I was like, this is four hours. Well, that's when actors don't know their lines. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so much precious time that we're wasting. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really understand when I talk to them about what I do. They're like, oh, yeah, but you only do acting for like, what, a couple hours a week? And I'm like, that's no, that's my rehearsal time. That's my collaborative working with the director time. I've spent many hours on my own doing character work, learning lines, which there is often a lot. And so, especially for theater, you've got to know it all in, out, back to front. Literally, I used to learn a play, all of my dialogue, and that's it. And I used to just spit out all of my lines, 50 pages of lines. And that's all I knew because it's so important as an actor to turn up somewhere and do your job. Yeah. And not actually hold everyone back because then it's very unprofessional. And that's why I think I'm quite cutthroat as a producer. It's because I've worked with people that just don't put in the effort outside of when they're there. And so that means to me that they don't understand the process. Yeah. And you can teach people the process, but if they don't want to be taught, which you can find out very quickly from people, if they don't want to be taught... Why bother? Yeah. Why are they in the industry? I think that's very true. And it's also, um, and speaking about like line learning and everything like that, um, there is, there is something very much like, you, you know, so, uh, 
you know, it's all that, as you say, with the whole like thinking about the mm. process and everything. And I think what also I love sometimes about indie sets and stuff, um, like I'm about to shoot something and I basically, to save on cost and budget, I know how to work a camera. So I'm going to shoot it myself and direct yeah. it. So my friend and I are lighting it. But because each setup, we know kind of what we want. We're going to do a run through on our own yeah. with a friend. Yeah. So we kind of know how quick and time we've got to get. But then yeah. I said to everyone in the cast, I was like, this is the layout of how the night's going to go. You're going to get one or two takes. That is it. Yeah. So make sure you're on like on fire. Yeah. And that is all you get. Yeah. And everyone was like, cool done yeah and it's and because when you don't have time to waste you've got to be clear with people you don't you need to do your part so we can do ours yeah and i feel like at this early stage in our careers because we are you know young and we do have the energy we want to be doing a million projects at once yes as sometimes bad as it is for our health and i've been there <laughs> i've definitely been there before yeah, what's um, eating or sleeping or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, it's so bad. But <laughs> usually we want to do a million projects and we can. Yeah. If everyone holds up their end of the deal. Yeah. And if everyone's on time, they do their job and we can go home and go, cool, next project. Yeah. Awesome, next project. And I feel like that only stops when we stop looking after ourselves. I think that's very true. And I remember like... It, and also people need to understand like, yes, sometimes film projects don't happen straight away. Things get delayed. COVID is an extreme example of things getting delayed. It's just yeah. a constant like what's safe and what what isn't. Mm. Um, but I also think that sometimes it does come down to cost and everything and you just got to kind of work out all the logistics of how advanced you can do it. And I think one of the things was doing this podcast versus anything else – I only do this for me. So I set my own schedule. Yeah. And the first episode comes out on the 30th of January. I remember when I thought that in mind and I thought I recorded the first episode in October. Yeah. Uh, like, and I was like, okay, this episode's coming out in January. And I set that so early on in my head that I was yeah. like, cool, I've got enough prep time to do as many back-end records as I can. Yeah. That I have content to keep going. Yeah. Throughout, like, you know, about four months worth of content. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I was happy. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that in itself is just excitement for me. And it's exciting for other friends and stuff and to hear. it keeps you going. Like, yeah. it gives you more drive to do more. I, I know. I never thought I would finish off producing my first film and going, why haven't we started the second yet? Uh, oh yeah because we were doing another one and I've gone into this year forgetting that everything is kind of up in the air but I've gone right I could shoot three short films and do a series of like monologue works yeah and do four plays and work (laughs) yeah and I'm like it'll be fine as the hardest thing for me is I actually find it very hard to look after myself you are. <laughs> I find it very hard to stop. Really I think difficult. I think it's like is this the so the film we're doing is the first one of the year. Uh yes, I did one last year. Yes, but which yes. I remember you telling me about. Yeah. Um, first one this year. First one this year, and if this goes well, um, we might collaborate on another one. But I think that uh, that would be very interesting because over the course of a year, or you know, like, mm. um, it's you know, I think that's good goals. I remember like everyone who says to me, "I'm going to do a feature or something like," don't overcomplicate your year. Do as much little things as you can. Yeah. Because, yeah, it does kill us. It does make us yeah. go insane. But it, it, it's, it's you do have that nice, as you say, like it's achievable It's and it keeps you going. Yeah, and I think for me, if I set a short film that I'm producing and acting in, 
I have set the very weird, not commonly seen goal of zero budget. Oh yeah, can I? No uh, money has gone into this. Can I say I like when you told me that? Like my my brain just went. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm impressed so far. Um, and I had a little like pre-production meeting the other day. And my mentor, who's assistant producer at this point, because I can't be producer and actor on sex. Like no, it's no, you would very, go- very weird for people to be jumping in in front of me, and be like, "Oh, how does this happen?" And I, yeah, kind of jump out you, of character. You would be very and, much like, "Nah." I'll be very scattered. Yeah, I was kind of like, if I can get people together, if I can get them passionate enough about this project, could I do it? And that was the biggest challenge for me. Is like, I've gotten to start pre-production i've got all my cast all my crew and i've not paid any money at all and i am so lucky that that has turned out that this way so far but i was talking to our dop and he's telling about all this camera equipment that he needs and i'm like i'm gonna have to pull some very tight strings to try and get the stuff i need for this film but i really hope i can do it because if I can do this zero budget, then it kind of sets a very exciting, um, like it, it like more or less breaks a boundary. Yeah, for I mean, a lot of especially where I come from, where we have n- no nothing. Yeah, nothing in the film industry at all. And if I can do a film that costs nothing to do, then I can more or less tell all of the kids that I used to go to school with, and you know everyone in high school currently. It's possible. It's just very unlikely, but it's possible. It is possible. And, you know, if you're good enough at, you know, supporting other people, it's, you know, a job for you, a job for me kind of thing. Like, it's I've had to collaborate with other people so that they could collaborate with me. That's true. And vice versa. And I love that because it, one, stops us from being very selfish, which happens in the industry. And it kind of opens up this scope of possibilities Yeah. to say, if we can do this with no money, yeah. imagine if we did another film with a budget. Yeah. What could we all do? I think that's very true. And I, I, I think it's very impressive that you're very much like finding people who are, are very willing to do that. Because mm. I think one of the, the toughest things is finding people willing to do that. And it's, it's something I struggled for many years uh, to find people to do something next to no money, yeah, because you know things do cost and everything. Yeah. but it it's very much like you just go, here's what I want to do. If you're keen for that, you know, be keen. But if not, you know, that, that yeah. Take it or leave. And for a lot of a lot of what leading up to this is, I had to prove I was good. Yeah, and I by good I mean I am on time. I'm organized. I'm good with people. And I can be efficient in yeah. kind of jumping roles. And I had to prove I could do that. And you have to be able to prove that. Otherwise, people don't trust you. That's true. And people don't get on board with your other projects. You know, I did one play and then got cast in four with the yeah. same people as lead because they were like, we trust you now because you've proven. Yeah, and you're so proving your worth. Like- let's go. and. Yeah. Um, it sucks when you see people that are really talented but lazy in their effort that they put in because you can be very talented in this industry, but if you don't actually have the effort, people know. 
Yeah. It's not like at school, whereas if you're really smart, but you don't put any effort in, you can still ace a test. Yeah. It's very, it's very easy to see whether people are actually trying or just winging it. Which acting you can wing. For sure. Yeah, I mean, the one that <laughs> you can kind of, you know, um, wing a lot of things in terms of like, but it's also good to just own up, you know, um, do anything that you know you can't wing mm. and what you can fix and what you can't fix. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like one of the things I love telling every, um, when, and this is why I love, you know, again, why I love rehearsals and everything and seeing actors and everything is you go to them, either catch that in camera or don't have it at all. Because mm. that's not happening in post. And it's one of my, you know, it's always versus the inexperienced directors or the someone who just yeah. goes, oh, we can fix that later. I'm like, no. Yeah. Fix it now or yeah. I'm not doing it. Like yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. my rule. If you can do it on the day, you fix it on the day. Yeah. Um, because it, one, I don't want to, you know, as an editor, you don't want unnecessary work for yourself. You don't want someone creating work for you. Yeah. You want the work to be fair. Like it's like they've done everything they could on set. Yeah. So you, you know, you do everything you can do in post. Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, a director won't put a, a production on stage if it's not damn good. Some we weren't are. allowed on stage until we knew what we were doing and but were some, really good at it. But some people do. Like it's not necessarily Which is so upsetting because there's so such big potential here in Australia and I've met some very talented people, but because there's every now and then that play that you see and you're like, Oh Yeah. What was that? You then start to question the whole industry and all of Australia's actors and I, I find it really difficult because I watch plays sometimes and I go, Damn I would have done that so differently and really pulled it off differently. Yeah. I really wish I had a chance to do that. But you just can't sometimes. No, and 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 I think it's also like the um you know, the the thing is people are very talented and I think, you know, whether or not you do, you know, you're in films or stuff, it's it's sometimes also I think you know, this is what I said to a lot of young people is um, sometimes projects fall through. It doesn't matter how talented you are. Sometimes mm. just projects don't end up happening. Yeah. Because one, it's down to funding. One, it's down to just timing. And one, it's down to just like, w you know, the one thing is like someone's pulled out. So it's yeah. just, it's virtually not going to happen. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that's something I remember, you know, people getting, this is this is what I said to anyone who's like, you know, when you know, you're, you know you, your output is good. And, um, you know, you've gotten trust and it's always someone, you know, the difference is when you, you know, you can see everyone's products, like you've got show reels and stuff and you can yeah. see what they've made and you're going, oh, that's really good. But it always tends to be the right time or the right opportunity has come along. They can do it then. Mm. Um, so that's why, like, you know, you when you make anything, it is working around a lot of people yeah. and a lot of that pre-stuff, everyone's like, oh, you know, you could be signed on for something for a, a year in advance. And, yeah. somet and sometimes a year later, it doesn't happen. And it just ends up like I had a film that I was meant to make and it never ended up happening. Yeah. And so it was sad that it didn't happen. I wasn't, you know, COVID didn't help. And also just like a lot of things happened personally in my own life, yeah. which meant it was not going to physically happen. It just yeah. had, too many things had happened. And I was like, this is, this is something for, you know, 10 years time, Marty, to work out and make. Yeah. I yeah. love this project. It's all written. It's all ready to go. Yeah. But it's just, it needs to happen later. Mm. And all the actors on board were like, cool, no worries, that's fine. You know, no one was hurt. But it was very much like, you know, the people who knew me were always like, don't worry about it. And the people who didn't know me that well were just like, oh, 
why isn't it happening? Like, yeah. or, you know, what happened? You feel like you've like disappointed people. Yeah. And I feel like COVID's been more or less the hardest thing. Like I joke that I'm by contract not allowed to cut my hair. <laughs> and it, I am because I signed up to do a play in 2019 and we are now in 2021 and it's still not happened. And so I still have to have long hair. And that's just kind of the industry. If you sign up to a project, you've got to be there for the ups and downs. It's not a smooth ride. No. Ever. And you've kind of got to expect that. And I feel like that's the same in any career. Yeah. We just like to dramatize it because we're actors and we think everything is the most dramatic thing in the entire world. But, you know, it's hopefully going to happen. Yeah. And life gets in the way of a lot, but we work with that. We work around that. I think that's, yeah. And I think that's very true. And it's sort of like, um, you know, just, just the fact of life. And I remember there was one, there's a film that I worked on that is now getting re-edited because the director wasn't happy with the way it looked. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. And it did a festival run and he wasn't happy with how it, you know, did in the festival. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, you cut the last cut. Why don't we get someone else to do it? And that was my only suggestion to him. And I yeah. said, this time, why don't we do a couple of things different? Just give it to someone else, see what they do, and yeah. see what the product comes out like. And he was like, cool, no worries. And I think the the end result, whether you like that product or not, yeah. what it, it's always kind of that mentality of like something that might not do so well, something might do better next time. Yeah, It's just people are always like, I love hidden gems where you see something and you're going, oh, I didn't like that at the time, but then – Actually, I watch it again. And I'm like, that's yeah. really good. Well, it's really thought out. There's an amazing artist. I don't know if you know Ben Quilty. Rings a bell. Australian artist. Um, fantastic, fantastic artist. And he will do a painting and sometimes go, mm, and not touch it for 10 years. And yeah. then he'll go back to it and do something, add something else to it. And that's so okay. Yeah. And it's so not normal, but it is totally fine. To literally pick up something, do it, put it down and not touch it for years. And um, one of my favorite artists ever did an artwork and um, he did this massive glass artwork and it had dust in it and it was fantastic. But he said it was unfinished. He was like, I don't know why it will never be finished. And it was in transit to its first um, gallery exhibition and it shattered on the way there, he put it back together and said, it's finally done. He didn't know why it wasn't done originally. He didn't know what was going to happen and it broke on the way there. And he was like, you know what? I think it's done. He didn't know that was gonna how, how it was going to happen, but he just knew he had this yeah. feeling. And I love the artwork so much because it has that natural, raw kind of feeling to it. And it shows the mistake. Yeah. It, the shards are still separate. It's been put back together, but you know something's happened to it that wasn't supposed to happen. But it looks beautiful because of it. I, I think that it goes to like English, um, you know, high school English, in which everything's like journeys um, yeah. and everything. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, the whole journey of everything. And I think that's very true because, you know, it's every, every bit of art is a journey. It's a personal mm. journey. And I think... 
you know, when you stitch something back together, it is actually sometimes more beautiful or, you know, how many iterations of something you see. Yeah. The story gets more and more refined. I think that's why people end up writing like a hundred drafts of sometimes scripts because yeah. you're, you're, and I think also one thing that I stress to any, you know, cast member or anything out there is if you ever, first time writers or anything, if you write a script, get a bunch of friends to read it, get a bunch mm. of friends to read it out loud, sit in a circle or have a read. And if it sounds good, Keep the parts that are good. Yeah. But you will hear stuff that you don't like. Yeah. And you will go, cool, that's changing. Like, make notes, everything. Yeah. And it's just always about that mentality. We just keep making the mistakes and we yeah. keep making, you know, these human errors. But we get every time you watch something, you go, oh, or you hear you something. You get more go, about it. Yeah. You learn what the, everyone's bringing to the table. And I feel like that's very obvious me as a musician. I, you know, you play a piece of music. Yeah. Say it was three years ago. You revisit it a year later. You hear it again and you're like, mm, I don't really feel the same connection as I used to. You play at a different tempo, at a different um, at a different level. You maybe drop it down an octave. You go, oh, I kind of like this more. You revisit it another year later. You change it totally again. Yeah. And a lot of musicians read a piece of music and they all interpret it differently. They all play the same notes. <laughs> the same notes are all the same, but they're interpreted differently, which is a big thing in the music industry, um, especially from my experience as a classical. I did was trained classically, but yeah. I did jazz and blues pieces, uh, which right, 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 right. their interpretations are so different, which is why I loved it because I played a piece of music and someone else played a piece of music and you go, so we just play the same piece of music because – you play it so differently, it's got so much personality to it. Yeah. Piece of music can really, really, you can see someone's personality trying to push through and take the music off the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. And I feel like that's what a lot of art is about is really, you might have a script in front of you, but really put yourself onto it and then see what you get and jump between different people, let different people have a play, you know. It's all it's all a process. I think it's great though. That's like half the excitement. Yeah. It's so um it's like the one thing I love is probably out of everything is mm. is not even giving direction. I always say with an audition, um, this is something I love doing. It's just going, I'm gonna give you no direction. This is I only gonna give you one word. Mm. Do with that what word what you will. Yep. Because I am not employing you know, so you know, you are an actor, so you know Mm-hmm. Do what you think is the purpose. Like, yeah. show me what you can do. Because that's the, you know, me giving you direction is telling you what to do. I want to mm-hmm. see what you can do. Yeah. And it's way more interesting. Yeah. I think one of the best auditions I ever did, it went for an hour and a half. <sighs> it was a long audition. And the director goes, here's a script. Let's say it. Cool. Awesome. He goes, cool. Here's a script. You know what? Afterwards, we're going to do an impro. I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to have to impro the rest of this script. And he was like, just let it come. We did the script and I had to get more in character because I had to think about what I was going to say afterwards. And the conversation continued forever. And there was movement and there was traveling and it was awesome. It was some of the best work I've ever done because I really had to think on my feet and I really had to know what I was doing. And it was incredible. Because it really let me as an actor do my craft. Yeah. At the end of the day. It, you know. it was 
I I don't think I will ever do an audition like that again because the director really did his job in saying, I'll direct the start. Yeah. Then you show me your job at the end. I show you my job. You show me your job. This is how we'll work together. I'll show you what I do. You show me what you do. Then in the actual rehearsal, we'll collaborate. Yeah. Because then I can know what you, I know what you can do then. And then you've seen what I can do. So then in rehearsals, it kind of just, you perform something and he'd go, okay, this, 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 and this. Think about this, 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 and this. And you go, oh, cool. Didn't think about it that way. Do it again. And just having someone else's ideas being thrown at you yeah, really helps. Especially because you only affiliate your characters with your own mind because you only know your own mind. Until someone goes, oh, you can do it this way. You're like, oh, thank you for the permission. Like, <laughs> I love getting permission from directors to kind of do whatever. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very, like, cool and important just to, um, you know, just experiment with it. It's, it's really trust your gut. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and trust what feels natural to the character. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of... There's a lot of techniques out there for acting. There's a lot of um, practitioners. There's a lot of everything. Yeah. And for me, I personally really like um, Stanislavski. Oh, yeah. His technique of you can bring your own person into what you do. Just be safe about it. Yeah. Don't let it control your life. And for me, if I'm reading a script and then I go, oh, I feel like I felt like this before. What was that? You remember, I literally was just doing a reading the other day and started crying in it because I was I affiliated a personal memory with what I was reading and it changed my performance because I had a real feeling but a character on top of that. So yeah. it wasn't me, but it was real. Yeah. I get where you're coming from as well because yeah. that's really, really cool. Yeah. And very... Um, but that also, I feel like that, that's, you know, when, when that happens, you just kind of like, that's almost being, you know, that's when you know the story's good as well because yeah. you're being drawn in by your own experience yeah. into that narrative. But that's also just, you know, showing that you have an emotional connection with what's happening. Yeah. And I think every time, you know, as a tip for actors, every time you get a script, really go, what makes me like this character down to the absurdist element? Yeah. What makes this person human? What makes me human? What are we similar to? And what are we different? And once you figure out what you're similar to with the character, then you can bring in real emotion. Yeah. You can bring in that real essence of who we are as people. Then the fun part is cool. What are we different in? Okay, yeah. cool. This person likes to go to clubs at 2 a.m. All righty. So they must get up really late and must kind of be a bit drowsy in the day. So I get to perform it a little bit more relaxed than I usually am. And it, it's a very good uh, start, I think, for actors is to go similar, cool. Differences, yeah. cool. Let's go. Do a run through and then just play. It's fun at the end of yeah. the day. It's a game. I think it's, yeah, It's everything is a game and just, you know, it's a whole point of living life. Mm. Just have fun with it as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's funny because I think that's what I always when I wanted to be an actor. Um, it's something I always loved doing. And yeah. I think I don't think 
Yes, I do agree. You can, you know, it's it's like that whole mentality. If anyone can play around in the play pit, um, but there is something about when when like I remember I did my first. We did a, um, we did one of our, um, we wrote this Doctor Who script, and it was the first time I'd ever read in front of a bunch of other cast because normally I'd never yeah. read in front of my friends before, who were all um, reading along me, with me. And I think it was like everyone like was very supportive, and it was just like the first time I'd read anything in like eight years. Yeah, so it was the first time I'd done any sort of solid thinking. Okay, put my acting brain on, and yeah, and it was like okay, I can feel I'm a little rustier. Mm. It's been a while, and I think one of the nicest feelings was just everyone was like. You know, and I, I practiced a couple of more times, and I was like, actually, I'm not as bad as I thought I was at this. Like, yeah. I can still deliver. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, a couple of people were just like, okay, here's a tidbit, here's a tidbit. So it's just, and it's always that repetition. It's always that practice. Yeah. And it's always having fun with it. Never exactly. let, um, I guess you know, the judgment of others. Yeah, and really I feel affect like you. That's what I more or less have had to overcome because I'm super young and. I was helping at this audition and this guy was in his 40s, 50s and I was like giving him theatre advice and I was like, this is weird because usually when I give someone advice, they go, you don't know anything, you're only 20. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I should shut my mouth. But really, now I kind of say why and I'm like, sometimes I do have more experience than others do in theatre because that's what I do. Yeah. And... Um, it's, it's super hard that being young and being in a really big, wide open industry, even working in hospitality, I work behind a bar and I once had someone turn to me and go, do you work here? And then I get that probably every week because I'm a female and I'm young working behind a bar. Yeah. I had someone turn, one of a customer turned to one of my regulars and go, does she know how to make cocktails? And he was like, why don't you ask her? And two, also, she's really damn good at it. But she's standing right in front of you and she has a name. And it's just like that judgment of age and gender that I get in every kind of place I work. Yeah. Ospo, acting, because everyone thinks wisdom literally comes with age. And of course it does, but not... It doesn't always track that way. No. And I, I, I think that's very like, um, and it's also interesting that, you know, we mentioned gender as well. And that is something that is being slowly stamped out. But mm. it is very true that, you know, like young women clearly know nothing. And, you know, you know it's just, it's it's a bad, um, you know, it's, it's the whole idea of just smile and look pretty. Yeah, and, and, and you know, why are you standing behind a bar? Oh, just to, you know, make the place look nice. Yeah. It's like, um, oh, why can't I work here? I literally, there's nothing making me different from the men I work with. Yeah. And, you know, it's the old tale of uh, people go to a bar and they ask the woman to ask the men what a good whiskey is. And the girl's like, don't I have taste buds? <laughs> to taste you a whiskey, like I can recommend you a perfectly good one, and it's just so funny. As in the hospital industry, when you hear stories like that from bartenders, because we all know that we can all taste the same, and we all are the same, even though we may be different genders or ages or races, it's all the same. 
It's all drinks. Yeah. But telling that telling that to like some people in the world, it clearly will unfortunately never change. Oh yeah, and it won't. And I work with the fact that I'm gonna get asked some weird questions. And I find it really entertaining now. It's great feet. It's okay. This it's is, great for my acting. It's great for your acting, and it's great content to really like, make stories out of. Because, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> which is how I. But I also think that human beings, we are weird. We are wonderful and weird, awesome. and every and every possible way. Yeah. And I think one of the best things that um you know, my mother trained me and my brother to do mm. was she said to both of us probably when we were about in our tw- you know early twenties. My brother's now in his thirties, but she said it's like I've always had two daughters, not two sons, because you're not interested in sport. You like going to the theater. You like going and seeing art and films, and you like books and like interesting things. Yeah, and you have artistic taste. Yeah. and her, my dad, photographer, never liked cars. Cars are A to B. Yeah, um, that is like his mentality. And the fact that I have grown up, and basically, I praise my mum endlessly. But she is just also one of those kind of like she was a journalist. She w- mm. then went and worked in marketing communications. So she's always been a very much and, and you know she dealt with my dad for like thirty something yeah, years. So yeah. it's like she loves him. But um, I mean, she's one of those women who I just admire because she's so headstrong and she took me to so many films which were always about you know um, the women liberation movements and, yeah. and, and, you know, the suffragette movement and all those things. Yeah. And it's really educated me on just mm. having this equal side of society where it doesn't matter about race. It doesn't matter about sex. It doesn't matter about who you are as long yeah. as you are kind and considerate. Yeah. That is my, what matters. Oh, literally in my ideal society, we would never have to assume sexuality, race, gender. We just go, hi, nice to meet you. And that is it. We don't actually have any assumptions about people. Because, you know, it's not just female and male. It's not just, you know, black and white. There is so many dimensions to life, which is exciting and which should be explored and which should be talked about. And it's about really changing people's perspective from what is was pretty easy to being like, it's life is never that easy. It's never this is the answer or this is the answer. It's always going to have many colors and that's perfect because it's imperfect. And that's what the world is. You know, we didn't all come from the same country. No. Because then that would be a very basic, boring world (laughs) and we would all probably hate each other. We like to travel and we like to talk to people that aren't similar to us because it lets us explore the world and culture and, you know, I think for me, John, like seeing different cultures, it really lets you appreciate where you came from Yeah, and really lets you understand and start appreciating where other people come from and what, at the end of the day, again, makes us humans, makes us who we are. Yeah. And I think that's something beautiful that is totally uncelebrated. I 100% agree with you. Mm. Um. I want to just keep talking to you all day. Honestly, it's actually been an absolute joy, um, but we should wrap things up. But thank you so much for coming on. No, it's actually thank you been, for having me. It's been an absolute blast. I hope, um, yeah, I just, everything has been an amazing experience and really educational. Um, but also it's just, yeah, it's good to have, like meet people with very like clear, similar mindsets. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, the world needs right now is these positive 
um, vibes to go out and oh and, totally. Um, but yes, everyone, uh, tune in next week for another guest and another listening to topics and everything exciting. This is the things we do podcast, and I'll speak to you all later. Bye bye.